Welcome to Brit David Podcast, as Pastor Tim brings us our final Christmas message from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, entitled, The Present of All Presents. One of the greatest verses in all the Bible about Christmas is actually found in the Old Testament. Some 750 years before the first Christmas, Isaiah promises the way that God will send a Savior to mankind. Jesus is the present of all presents. Here's Pastor Tim. Take your Bible, turn with me this morning, please, to Isaiah chapter number 9. On this Christmas morning, I want us to unwrap the greatest Christmas present that's ever been given, that's ever been received, and it's a gift that has indeed been given to us. We all know the verse, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. The passage that we read today certainly is a gift. It says, unto us, a gift or a son is given. And that becomes the present of all presents. And it is indeed personal as he gives that gift to you. If you're there in Isaiah chapter number 9, I want you to look with me down to verse number 6. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Even though it's in the Old Testament, this is my very favorite Christmas passage. It's a Christmas passage that's written some 700 to 750 years before the first Christmas ever takes place. And yet Isaiah writes this verse with such clarity that we know for sure that when Jesus came, he is indeed the fulfillment of this particular passage. It tells us a number of things about Christ and tells us a number of things about that very first Christmas. I want you to see, first of all, with me today about Jesus' nature. I want you to see that Jesus' nature is supernatural. His nature is supernatural. Now, the Bible says, James says, that Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. In a way, that could be said about Jesus as well. He was also a man with a nature like ours. But he was so much more than that. And this verse describes it that way. I want you to see, first of all, from this verse, that Jesus was fully human. He was fully human. The Bible says, for unto us a child is born. That phrase speaks of Jesus' humanity. In the very same way that children are conceived and go through nine months inside their mother's womb before they're born, Jesus was conceived in the womb of his mother. There he developed and nine months later was born. For many people that were in Bethlehem that day, they would have seen nothing unusual. Here's just another mother giving birth to just another baby. But the city was so busy in that day, they didn't have time for anything new or anything unusual. So even when they heard the news that the Savior had been born, to them it's just another day, just another Sunday, just another Christmas day. Boy, it was more than that, wasn't it? I think maybe on that day when we talk about Jesus being fully human, I think Jesus may have looked like Mary, you know? Just like you favor your parents 
I think that Jesus favored his mother. I think that later on as she's going to take him into the synagogue, those little synagogue ladies are going to come, pinch his little fat cheeks, and say, you look just like your mommy, right? Embarrass him thoroughly. Isn't that terrible? Embarrassing Jesus in church. But that's what they did. You know that for sure because Jesus was 100% human, fully human. But he was more than that, wasn't he? He was not only fully human, he was fully divine. He was fully divine. Not only is he 100% man, he is 100% God. Don't get the idea that Jesus is somehow some man upon whom God's favor rests so that maybe he is 50% human and 50% divine. I know that 100% and 100% doesn't add up in our minds, but it certainly does add up in God's mind. When Isaiah writes and says, For unto us a child is born, he speaks of the humanity of Christ and allows us to know that this one who was born is the Son of Man. But in that very next line, Unto us a son is given, speaks of his divinity, speaks of his deity. Not only is he the Son of Man, he is the Son of God. Maybe he did and maybe he didn't look like Mary. Maybe he did and maybe he didn't favor her. But we know for sure that he favored his father. He told Philip, Philip, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. We know that he acted like his father. We know that he spoke like his father. We know that he emulated his father because not only is he fully human, he is at the very same time Fully divine. That little baby born that day may have seemed like an ordinary day to some, but it was not an ordinary day, nor was he an ordinary baby. This was God. God made flesh. God incarnate. He is fully human. He is fully divine. I want you to also see that he is forever the God-man. He is forever The God-man, D. James Kennedy, used to refer to Jesus as the infinite God-man. That may very well be the best title of them all. He is fully God. He is fully man. He is the second person of the Trinity. And as such, he has no beginning and he has no end. Don't get the idea that Christ's beginning is in Bethlehem. That with the birth that that Mary brings about is the beginning of Jesus Christ. It's not. We see him throughout the Old Testament. We see him at creation. We see him in every book of the Old Testament that we find. We see him at every path along the way. Jesus has always been there, and he always will be. His nature will not change. He will forever remain the infinite God-man. I want you to see today from this passage, not only is Jesus' nature supernatural, I want you to see that Jesus' nobility is sovereign. His nobility is sovereign. Now, he may not have been born like many kings, but he is a king indeed. He may not have looked the stereotypical part of a king at any stage in his life, but he is king nonetheless. Isaiah says this in that very next phrase, and the government, what does he mean by government? Is he talking about something that's in Washington, D.C.? Is he talking about something that's in Atlanta, Georgia? Is he talking about something that's in downtown Columbus? No, he's speaking about authority. He is speaking about dominion. He says the authority, the government, will rest upon his shoulders. 
And we know that to be the case for Jesus' final words to his disciples begin with this. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. All authority belongs to him. All authority belongs to him, not just because it is given to him, not just because he is elected to a position, but because of who he is. He is God. He is the God-man. All authority, all the dominion, all of the government rest simply upon him. No wonder we sing, all hail King Jesus, all hail Emmanuel. At every stage of Jesus' life, Though he may not have looked like a king, he was indeed a king. At the cradle, he is king. I mean, he's not born like many kings are born. He's born not only in humility, he is born in deep poverty. He's born in a, in a stable. He's laid in a manger. He's wrapped in the cleaning cloths that they used for the cows. This is not some ordinary king. This is not some ordinary birth. In fact, this idea of his kingship goes all the way back to his birth. Some 400 miles away in Persia, an old-time Babylon or a group of men who have been studying the stars. They've been studying the stars because of Daniel who was captive there. Daniel began to teach those men that one day the star would appear and it would mark the birth of the king of the Jews. And for generation after generation after generation from Daniel, people began to look into the sky. And the day they saw the brand new star, they knew. They knew. And they gathered up their gifts. And they gathered up their traveling companions. They gathered up their traveling party and made their way to Jerusalem. Why Jerusalem? Well, if a king is to be born, might as well be in the capital, right? The star's not there leading them at that point anymore. They've just got to go on what they've seen. And so they make their way to Jerusalem. They make their way to the palace. They make their way to the king. And they ask this question, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Jesus is not just born a baby in great poverty and in humility. He is a baby who was born, coronated as a king from his very birth. At the cradle, he is a king. At the cross, he's a king. Now, our society, our culture doesn't mind Jesus being a baby. They don't even mind him being a king as a baby. They like it. He's cute. He's something that you can hold in your hands. He's somebody they think that they can manipulate. And so we decorate everything. We light it up with lights. We put streamers up. We have special services. The radios begin to play special songs. All because it's Jesus' birthday. They don't mind Jesus in the cradle. What the world minds is Jesus on the cross. Come Easter, there won't be many lights. Come Easter, there won't be many trees. Come Easter, there won't be many radio stations that play only Easter music. Instead, it will be just another Sunday, maybe a Sunday when I can get together with my family. They need to know that in the same way that they worship a king at Christmas, they worship a king at Easter, at the cross, at Calvary, at that graveside that's empty. He is the king, nailed and executed like a lowly thief. 
nailed to a cross of wood, mockingly wrapped in the purple robes with a, with a crown of thorns to mock that he is some kind of king. But they've got it, don't they? They've got it and don't even know it. Pilate finally gains just a little bit of backbone and makes a sign that he dares somebody to take off of the cross. And there he nails it on the cross. Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his message from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.